Hello and welcome to the 124th episode of Kinda Geeky. We're actually getting back onto a regular schedule now. It's been about a month since the last podcast. I know I posted a little late just because uh, with some posting issues and uh, hosting site issues, but uh, Kinda Geeky is back to a regular schedule. I'm here today with a special guest and returning guest and Julio as always. So first of all, how are you doing, Julio? Yeah, you know, doing all right. I mean... Not much I can else I can say. I mean, I'm just ready to jump into it. I, I don't understand how you start every podcast out when there's not much to say when well, it's been a I, month yeah. of like summer of gaming, other different conventions, it's just, it's other so, online I, there, stuff. Yeah, no, I mean you're not wrong. There is a lot. <laughs> just figuring out where to jump into. Oh, well, yeah, no, I, that's what I control. So like we're fine with that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, other than no, I mean, personally, you know, I'm keeping up with my gaming habits. Uh, Pretty much gaming habits. Okay, so thank you, Julio, for that. Same old, same old, apparently. Uh, we have the returning guest of uh, Mr. Matthew Foley returning. How you doing, sir? Uh, doing pretty well. Hey, everybody. Glad to be back. It's been over a year. I think the last one we did was a Black Lives Matter podcast right at the end of the, our Sony tenure. So Yeah, yeah, it was at Sony. And then, like, uh, COVID happened, so we couldn't meet up anymore. But we were t- like, I was actually listening to that last podcast because we are t- uh, predicting what was going to happen during COVID, uh-huh. and we were kind of right for some of it, and you were definitely right on how we would be fully locked down, and we would definitely have to take care of ourselves, and I was more of the last days ago going like, fuck this, but <laughs> it happened. We got locked down for a while, so we couldn't see each other. <laughs> how you yeah. doing, man? How, what you been up to? Uh, doing pretty good. I just started this new job at a really great company, Genvid uh, Technologies. Say that uh, again one time louder. I just started this new job at this place called Genvid Technologies. Uh, I've been focused on taking care of my household and my family, making sure we're all tight and prepared for what's happening now and what's coming in the future when it comes to COVID-19. So just a lot of preparation. We'll get into that in a second. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, so, but you and the family have been well through this whole pandemic? Like any uh, anything in the family that came up or basically? Well, well my wife lost uh, quite a few people to COVID actually oh, really? uh, on her side. Yeah. Oh, I'm so, sorry to hear. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, you know, just that's unfortunate. Like, um, you know, they kind of watch folks not take it serious and then they have that actually impact you, you know? Yeah. And then just everybody just kind of goes on with their life. You know, it's, it's one of those things that's it's kind of got me worried about the state of affairs where folks are so comfortable with the amount of death and then not really having a chance to mourn. So, you oh, know. I, I have Florida family members that just didn't give a fuck about it. So, yeah. no, I, I, yeah. And then my mom got COVID. She's fine. Good, she, good. she still can't taste anything, but uh, yeah, she was on the last podcast sucks. talking about that. So. Uh. So oh, yeah, actually, to let you know, I interviewed my mom for the last podcast. So. That's pretty cool. <laughs> it was really good. That was pretty Episode cool. Episode one, two, three with a teacher and teaching about swimming. So it was really nice. That's very cool. <laughs> it's good to have teachers on the podcast, especially for nerd stuff in gaming. I mean, and for some of the points she shared too about teaching and stuff like that. So it was really good. Nice. Good, good. That's awesome. But uh, any games you've been playing lately? Uh, so you know me, I've been sticking to my hardcore Dragon Ball Fighters. Uh, but I've touched Ghost Recon a little bit more. Um, I did touch more of Final Fantasy VII, the demo. <laughs> Um, the remake, right? The remake. Or, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, I haven't really touched too many of those, but I've been watching my son play a lot of games lately. I think that can count. What did he get into? Uh, he's been touching all different types of games. Uh, Gang Beasts, uh, Roblox, obviously, that's the big one. Um, he's touching a bunch of random ones that uh, do a bunch of physics-based games. I don't oh. even know the names, but they've been really blowing my mind. I've been really enjoying that. So kind that. of like learning games, too. Uh, you know, I would call them learning games, but they, you know, they're, they're meant to just be idle games where you know just sit down and just kind of do basic random stuff 
but oh, gotcha, because gotcha. it's physics based it gets really cool so like for example there's one where it's a knife and you're playing as a knife and the knife just goes down a track and you got to keep hitting it when you hit it it flips but if you hit it the right way and it flips it'll cut at the right state the right oh, standpoint so okay. it's just an idle game but oh. it's because it's in physics i personally find it interesting how practical it can be in terms of education and learning that's you know? awesome okay what's the name of that game I don't know. Like don't I said, know. I don't know. <laughs> okay. I've been watching them play and just, you know me, I like to design, so I've been getting ideas on what to build in Unity, so watching all that. Gotcha. Happen. And how, how's your Unity going? Are you building really anything well, right now? Really so, well. Uh, anything that you want to talk about or no? Uh, I'm just doing a lot of frame setup and uh, learning a lot of coding. So, okay, okay. Yeah. Well, actually, to touch base on that, me and my roommate were just talking about that recently. Let's talk about some old games, and I'm talking about in the sense of what we learned in school, playing with, like, math blasters. Yeah. And, do you guys remember that tank-based game where you were a tank moving across the screen and you had to complete math problems to be able to fire the tank? No, that's no? really awesome. Um, I heard of it. I don't think I've played that, that's at least awesome. when I was young. I mean, yeah. Uh, well, yeah, I'm a little older than you. So. Well, no, because I remember covering this in the last uh, podcast. Like, yeah, technology was a big thing for me and my brother. You know, uh, that's why we're, you know, super comfortable with computers and just messing around with it. But, yeah, no, I remember early on, like, like the big one was Oregon Trail. Like, yes. I remember, yeah. yeah. Oregon Trail and Wagon Train, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then, yeah, no, I mean... Uh, also for like there was a program for uh, spelling so and I fell into spelling I, I mentioned like yeah uh, during like what first second I think third grade you know I was in spelling bees uh, came in second so yeah uh, yeah even I mean during that time what it's like early 90s late 80s See, okay, to touch on that then, I want to get back to that because we did bring that up towards the end when we found out, we found something out about you in the last podcast that since yeah. you didn't really know English, that kept you quiet and isolated for a long time in school yeah, and that right. might be why you're so quiet today. But you were actually doing spelling bees, so you're getting more comfortable on your own, but you still weren't associating. Uh, it pretty much. I mean, uh, I just, yeah, no, uh, like that was always a big, one of the big subjects, that and math that I fell into. Uh but yeah, no, uh, at least from, you know, I, like I mentioned before, from what my mother told me, like, yeah, all I spoke was Spanish, but in kindergarten, you know, they sort of like forced me into English, and now my English is decent, I guess. Spanish, oof, boy, I need to relearn. You, you got good Americanized English, I'll say that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yes. yeah. Yeah, language. Uh, but no, like, so from the spelling and all that, so... Math Blasters and Oregon Train and Wagon Trail and those types of games, like they were educational games for us, but do you feel like that's where it installed gaming into us as well? Uh, nah, Ping Pong, my dad told me recently that when I was a kid I saw Ping Pong and I guess that made me lose my mind. I said, I'm going to learn how to do that. I oh, don't yeah. even remember that. Yeah. Okay. But I would, I would say, you know, I, I'm definitely, because I'm big on the science part of it, I definitely think that, um, you know, because I'm a, I'm a hands-on learner personally, right? So if you come from that standpoint and you come from the standpoint of interactive game mechanics, yeah. you know, you show someone how to do it and you have that mindset, you know, that mindset shift is happening while you're learning how to do it. Yeah, at that point you become a gamer. I mean, if you look at the world around us, it's basically physics in action, you know? And so yeah, true, as you true. learn and experience things, you know, games have an opportunity, or at least the idea of games has the opportunity to help you learn a bunch of stuff. So my game, for example, I learned typing through a Star Trek game. Oh, so really? yeah, you would go to a different, different place, and if a Klingon ship showed up, you'd have to type, 
and already get your shot out in between oh, each shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I remember the okay, I remember seeing yeah. yeah. That's basically an educational game too, where you're learning, right. you're having to develop your mind to actually complete the mechanics or gameplay of it. So right, right. So and like even now, and like I said, there's always going to be a car alarm when we're trying to record in a parking garage. <laughs> like even now, my son does uh, K12 online, and a lot of the stuff that they send him, the material is game-based interactive interactions when it comes to, you know, English, history, Spanish. It doesn't matter the subject. You know, all that matters is how you apply whatever mechanic towards that learning, right? Because well, it's an engaging way to draw students in to learn. Right. That's what, And that's what I kind of, like, realized with all those games. Like, I had fun with Math Blasters and all that, not really thinking about the learning aspect until you're, like, older and you're like, wait, that was a teaching game. Like, <laughs> right. Even Oregon Trailer, it has to teach you how to manage things and actually not have your people die right, and right. what dysentery is and stuff like that. So you learn a lot through those games. Right, right. I mean, in most, the best courses now that I've noticed from around the world have been where folks are interactively working together, right? So in New Zealand, the way they do school is they have just a table out there, they have some dirt, they have some objects, and they have them, you know, this is one of the courses, but they have them, they have the little kids go out there and learn how to build together. Yeah. Um, I ran into uh, my wife's, uh, my wife, excuse me, my dad's girlfriend. Uh, she's a teacher, and instead of the kids learning how to run out and be aggressive with each other, she showed them how to take, you know, different sticks and objects and how to build. So now they go out there and they try to build. But what happened organically was as they were learning how to build, they would start trading each other for material to try to help build their own stuff. So it just became this organic experience of community building, you know? Like it's it's amazing what you can do when you teach people how to be interactive through digital media. Okay, I like that. I do want to touch on another part you were saying there, like there's types of learning uh, and Kinesthetic? No, I always say that one wrong. Kinesthetic is kinesthetic. Probably, that's my wife it. was trying to tell me this one too, uh, just recently. Yes, kinesthetic is a thing. Kinesthetic learning. I don't know if that's the right term for it. That's my. I, there's reading. Uh, there's there you go. reading. You can understand it. Yes. Uh, someone telling it to audio. you. Audio. Audio. There's audio, visual, and then kinesthetic learning. I'm kinesthetic. I that's have to do. And like you said, some of these new programs where it's actually putting people together, taking them outside, actually doing the things. Yeah, there's a lot of people that learn that way. So it's actually a good process to get knowledge transfer in there. Because, yeah, if you just show me how to do it, I'm not going to pick it up. How are are you, Julio? Uh, Yeah, no, for me, I have to uh, follow along. Like right now, I'm actually taking a a web dev course. You know, I want an understanding more of, of of the scripting and jump into javascript for a bit so uh video you know it's a video uh web uh web so i follow along with the instructor going through it and then there's like simple like uh um, not an exam but like all right let's see if i can remember doing this and then i do try to do it offhand without looking at my notes but even you know it's been very helpful where like like okay i understand like i know how to do it individually what each thing does for me still is figuring out how to work it put it in together so we're all kind of setting letters and basically like yeah. you're visual but you also need to do it as well yeah. what is, like, that's what you were saying too right uh, when i was younger that was the case i found over the years i've gotten better at being able to see and hear okay so. um, but when i was younger it started off kinesthetic so i understand the value of it and so i you know, sometimes just utilize that if i want to shortcut my process of gotcha. learning okay so but you're good with all three methods then uh, it was only because I've learned through. Manage, yeah. Well, I've, I've been put in situations where I've had to learn on the. <laughs> now, okay, we're getting into every single car alarm going off. 
but again, recording I mean, on yeah. location anywhere. Like, <laughs> well, we had some dude rapping next to us at the other, like when we were in the other garage. So oh, yeah. it, have, it, it always happens. Kind of geeky on the go. <laughs> yep, exactly. Well, you know, when you, I mean, that's interesting because once you learn what your learning style is, at least for me, I found that you know the other learning styles become possible because you're able to. You know, you're able to find out what your techniques are, yeah. and then you're able to kind of expand that. I would agree, but you know still I mean? my best approach is doing. Right. Because especially with coding or anything that I'm not really good with, I need to actually physically do it to fully understand it. Because if you tell me it, I'm just going to be like, I don't fucking know. Like, <laughs> sorry, guys, but we need to go through another step now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or just make the – actually, what I just found, too, like I forgot the name of it for so long. I think I tried bringing it up and asking you at one point. Vizio. The flowchart process of Visio used properly is one of the best tools for my understanding on how shit works. Right. Now, do people use Visio correctly? No. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh, to continue with gaming because that was a good starting game with our educational stuff. But there has been a lot of games mentioned. Also, actually, since you're on, did you watch any of the E3 online press conferences or I presentations totally this, E3 this year? I okay. completely missed E3 this year. Well, um, yeah, Me and Julio can tell you it was lackluster. So, <laughs> uh, I feel like Nintendo and Xbox were the ones that really took their show. Xbox was saying about 28 games are going to be on Game Pass for free. Some new, some old, but a lot of games are free. And Nintendo with a couple like cool drops coming out and then old games coming out. So, but it wasn't okay. And then Ubisoft had this line of hey, here's this fifth version, sixth version, second version, third version of this game. We're showing you all new worlds to play in. I go, these aren't new worlds. Like, so it was an interesting year. Yeah, uh, I, I personally been um, stepping back from games a little bit myself. Just, you know, I wanted to expand a little bit more on kind of what I'm seeing visually or what I'm exposing myself with. Because my biggest thing has always been immersing myself in whatever subject or whatever it is that I'm into, right? True. Um, However, the the double-edged sword of that is immersing yourself in that, there's other things you're going to miss out on. Exactly, yeah. So for me, it's being able to step back allowed me to ra- being able to step back allowed me to raise my um, awareness over the other areas that I'm interested in, which is like steam, for example. Okay. Science, technology. Oh, you're a big steam person. Yeah. 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 Sci- yeah. Just for those that don't know, science, technology, engineering, art, and math. A lot oh, of that's folks- what steam means. No. <laughs> So a lot Why of is folks, everything a goddamn acronym these days? Well, because like, because the thing is, a lot of there's a lot of emphasis on STEM, and you know, the thing is, if you leave out art, you don't. Yeah, how do you have even the word STEM if you leave out art, right? <laughs> so, you know, and most people don't even purchase STEM products unless there's some type of design, you know, or you know, behind that. And the reason I'm big, I, you know, that's just me nerding out, you know, focusing on the difference between the two. Not that it matters too much. But the reason I've been harping on it the most is because of some of my life goals in terms of the things I want to create and see created and done, you know. And I'm watching my family build that out in my home. So it's been really amazing for me, at least, being able to be home all the time because I'm having to experience uh, life and then execute in a way that I'm not used to as an adult. You know, I'm having to execute, you know, instead of from a standpoint of let me just uh, raise my skills, learn and earn. Um, how do I just sit around and embrace and impact what's around me that I can be more effective in what I actually produce? Oh, I like that. That's a good approach. Okay. You know, I mean, well, you know, I got married, so if it wasn't for her, I probably would never have done it. You know what I mean? Like, you know what I mean? Like, and you have a great partner, too. I'm so, saying yeah. wisdom, wisdom, wisdom comes from either. Uh, I, my thing is, wisdom comes from two places. Uh, you ask God for wisdom, He gives that, and or He gives you a wife. <laughs> 
<laughs> or these things called books. Uh, they're in libraries, these institutions that hells books that you can learn, too. I'm just saying. That's true. But There's a book, schools, too, but whatever. <laughs> but a book can't tell you when you're BSing yourself. <laughs> true, true. That's what friends are there for, too. Like, that's what friends are for. No, sorry. Uh, uh, but so, uh, with gaming, though, there has been a lot of games, though, especially with games coming out. Uh, me and Julio just played uh, the demo version of Back for Blood which yeah. is the return to basically Left 4 Dead 3. Yeah. <laughs> and oh, really? Yeah. It's oh, uh, Turtle, Turtle Rock or Turtle Beach. I always get the name wrong. I think it's Turtle Rock. Turtle Rock Studios, Studios yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, they did Evolve, they did Left 4 Dead 1, Left 4 Dead 2. Oh, yeah. Nice. Uh, nice. uh, what our friend Lawrence was talking about is like the mechanics of the creepers and the walkers and all that are pretty similar to like the Left 4 Dead style with the mechanics and the gameplay. But guys. I'm loving like, we. I had fun playing it. Like, I no, missed yeah. some of the aspects, and it's definitely still a beta. It's not ready yet, but... Yeah, I mean, uh, doing the run, and then we're at the final stage, nothing appears. <laughs> there was no final I'm stage. Like, we beat the game. Like, <laughs> yeah. It was like, do, do we beat the game? Yeah. Or, or the level was like, but where are the zombies? And it was like, well, I'll take a win. But mind you, yeah, the four stages like, before yeah, that were a grind. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Oh. I mean, it, it, like... It's gonna be interesting because it's like it's not uh, at least with the original Left 4 Dead it was like a stage was four acts. I yeah. Believe. This one uh, even more like eight eight to ten acts. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Wow. Uh, but I think the levels are a little more short based uh, that way, so you can still get through it. But you know you still gotta deal with the infected and the special infected and whatever objective, so it's still challenging. But we were playing on easy or normal mode. Well, and we, we 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 didn't damage each other. Yes, so whatever so, that mode was. But yeah. we ran out of ammo a lot. We had to restart the last oh, yeah. couple stages a couple times, uh -huh. so it wasn't an easy playthrough. The first couple stages were easy, but towards the end of that like act, it actually was actually kind of hard. Wow. And scared me a couple times, because those fucking hordes just appear out of nowhere. So yeah. like, it's a good game. I cannot wait to come out, and I think that's going to be free on Xbox Game Pass. Nice. So that's nice. awesome, and I, I'm excited. Well, yeah, no, I mean, I might get it on PC, because uh, for those type of games, I'm a mouse and keyboard Yeah, but it cross-play, so... It does cross-play, yeah. so that's a good thing, too. Yeah. Like, we're starting to see cross-play happening. Well, cross-play between Windows and Xbox. I don't yeah, know something. if PlayStation's still being a bitch about that, but whatever. Maybe it'll be, like, certain games, like Ubisoft games and all that going forward. But And then, you know, we have uh, Battlefield 2042 coming out, which... Nice. Six new maps, six old school maps, two from Battlefield 1, two from Bad Company 2, and then two from Battlefield 3. I can't remember all the map names, but it looks fun. Battlefield is just a good game in general. Yeah, I mean, I'm excited. Yeah, yeah. It's just, it's always, if it says Battlefield, if it's Battlefield, it's going to be good. Yeah. And then I don't, like, since you haven't been watching it, but well, the other one I want to tell you is Halo. So that, I was just going to say, somebody at my job did a Twitch stream on it, oh, and okay. I saw it, and it looks really good. <laughs> well, did you hear about the MP aspect? No. Multiplayer is going to be free to everyone. You don't have to own the game. You can download the game and play multiplayer for free. You have to own the game to play single player. So, yeah, so, that's, so that's where this gets into the whole technology and business part of it, because a lot of these companies are getting desperate to have players just in general, so now they're taking away all those ridiculous price points they used to put on us when they used to, you know juices for no for dollars i mean think about it they're having multiplayer free you just got to download it they really just want to get user bases now netflix is also trying to build their own gaming system out Duh. Yeah, yeah, i'm exactly. telling you <laughs> dude there's so much happening in the direct, hungry. <laughs> direct to consumer is going everywhere it's okay wait no of, that brings up a good point then so we've been in the entertainment industry long enough now 
And we've seen the structures of streaming companies and game companies and how they release stuff, whether that's agile or waterfall and whatever practice you're in or not. The one thing I'm taking away from all this time in QA and all that is game companies still do it best. Like these entertainment companies coming in and trying to MVP a video game will not fucking work. So it's funny you say that because after Sony, um, I worked at Live Nation for a little bit. And, you know, they also were trying to make some shifts. It's just, you know, the mindset wasn't there for it. Yeah. Um, and then Gemma Technologies, when I got, went there, you know, they have all the right material in terms of trying to put the pieces together, you know. Every company has their challenge points, so they have their challenge points, sure. Um, but I would agree, I would tend to agree that in the gaming companies, they are, they're not trying to reinvent the wheel. No. You know, they're trying their best to just to do what works. Um, their success rate, you know, is a little different, right? Like, I, I would argue that in the uh, in the entertainment side of it, you know, you have better opportunities in terms of what's possible, I would argue. Now, in terms of execution, however, uh, you know, just because they're game companies, they're just more readily available to execute on those ideas. Yeah. And they have the engines and the technology already there established. And the people that, you know, really know what they're doing and they not know what they're doing. I, I, that's a hard, that's that's tough. I would say they have the people that are eager and willing to learn. I think the part that gets tough that I've noticed with both with all these companies, when it's direct to consumer specifically, is trying to maintain the ship in a way uh, where everyone feels the value without the pressure. I get you, okay. You know? See, well, one of the things I've noticed is within game companies, a lot of game companies, um, and you have embedded. So uh, what I'm talking about QA is what our field is for a long time, but uh, embedded QA into the dev team and higher up teams. That helps with the development process before it's pushed out to any end user or QA department or anything like that. By far. Entertainment companies and even manufacturing companies are not set up that way that have the prototyping department, that have the R&D department, that have that embedded tester or embedded QA. Right. So that mentality and shift and change and dynamic, which has to start from CEO down, doesn't really happen. Well, I think that's interesting because, um, you know, there's this process, uh, I mean, we know it, Scrum. Yeah. Uh, Scrum was not originally a gaming um, technique. It was no. used for uh, businesses and whatnot. It's now starting to grow everywhere out there. Now, if you notice on LinkedIn, everybody's got a CSM badge. You know, like, hey, I'm a Scrum master. I know. I mean, <laughs> I I, have, I said if we take the test, you know, I, I kind of blew the test. But um, you know, when it comes to understanding that Scrum mindset and that agility mindset, I think what's interesting about that is, you know, it, for me at least, the CSM is less about the companies that are in play anymore for me personally because okay. companies okay. in play are still having to work around some old feature set mind structures yeah and you old know? management based in that feature set that's not updating I mean you know, even then like I, I have managers and folks that are CSM it's just they're, they're less inclined to experiment and the reason I bring that up is because it's hard to experiment when you already have a set goal strategy unless you're trying to unless you have the mindset of what I'm trying to build is a platform and an experiment yeah and right? well, you can't which they assess, are you can't all of them are technically experiment too so right exactly I mean they all I mean, every business is technically experiment you're trying to say okay here's a theory I want to execute on this theory and I want to continue to see what I can build from that theory exactly. but it's really hard to be flexible because you want to see what you're trying to make versus okay what is it what's being built like slack for example they were a game company 
but it shifted over to being Slack, which is a better opportunity for them, right? Sure. You don't see a lot of companies, even in games, where they run into that, like, you know what? What is actually working, and how can we just push that forward? And they're now owned by Salesforce, too. So, <laughs> you know, like, it's just, it's, it's, and I can understand the difficulty of, of adapting to what's there. Like, I, you know, when you have a vision, you're like, oh, my vision, my vision, you know? But when your vision hits physics, the real world, you know, being able to be being able to be prepared to shift to that experiment, you know, that's what I think agility yeah. is supposed to make, CSM is supposed to Scrum is supposed to do. That's the part that's hard, even with folks that are in gaming, you know, that are trying to be comfortable with shifting. Because again, the idea of how do I shift from the vision I had to what's being built in front of me. Well, and like I mean, we were talking about that before though too. Is with the game development cycles being three to four years a lot of times. How can you really shift that to a full agile practice where you're doing segments and stuff like that? Like segments of it could be agile, but the whole development process would still 100% be waterfall just for how it comes out through development from engineers. And Well, that's what's interesting. So this is why I love my wife. She actually got certified for complex projects. Oh, okay. And so the, the, the professor she had did a lot of major complex projects and the way he did a breakdown for complex projects would solve a lot of what we're talking about. Which really? Was, oh, I mean, it's, you know, they, they actually go into the nitty gritty and the nuts and bolts of, okay, what do you do with uncertainty? Because, you know, a lot of places don't prepare for uncertainty. They prepare for assumptions yeah. and then try to make everything fit the assumptions versus preparing for uncertainty and then saying, okay, how can we shift to that uncertainty? You know, so watching her class and hearing what she talks about now is some, some next level stuff for me now. You know, like, I'm trying to catch up to what she's working on now. <laughs> See, okay, like, that brings up another thing then. I, like, talking with product managers and a few other people in different companies and stuff like that, where I keep hearing from product people, I'm taking a QA perspective right now, so that, oh, we just want to push people, we're not always going to have documentation, we don't understand why QAA or QC always needs documentation if we're just prototyping and just developing and all that. And my answer to them always is because we must return documentation. We must return test results. So if we don't have anything presented to us to create any test cases or any information structure to return information to stakeholders, to management, to CEOs, to show them that shit's working as intended, that, that, that's where our disconnect always will be because product wants to push stuff out. Product says, it's good, we just need to test it, get it live. And we're always like, well, what are the parameters for the testing? Like, do you guys feel like that's always a disconnect, or? I, I think that's always a disconnect, but I find, it, I find it interesting. It opens up an opportunity for at least anybody who wants to. Um, if that disconnect exists, that means QA now has to be the ones to pursue it, right? Yeah. Now, what I mean by that is, like in my case, for example, uh, what I find is, because I have to keep bringing back documentation, and if there is no documentation, I find that I have to spend more time learning uh, the documentation that needs to be created and so at that point, I just become QCing the entire process, the entire company. Yep. And now at that point, I'm able to say, okay, that's fine. You know, because what matter? The reason they try to push is their whole thing is tr- the, the, the producers. Excuse me, product is trying to push the no- the notion of have something working over documentation, which makes sense because that's what ag- agility and agile mindsets and you know what talks their about. Job is for. Exactly. Yeah. Now, in terms of like, if you have what if you have as a company, middle, you know, people are coming in and going onboarding is going to take a lot longer because there's no documentation. Exactly. Yeah. Right? Um, so that provides a unique opportunity to do a lot of personal learning and growth in terms of a quality assurance um, you know, analyst. Uh, and conversely, I think, and that's why I think it's interesting about this direct-to-consumer, it's shifting to new job 
position opportunities that never existed before. Creating your own position, your own part. And the reason I bring that up is because somebody I know who's a really good quality assurance manager, he made a quote in terms of what he was trying to reduce out of his QA team. He wanted a QA team that's more qualitative uh, and quantitative in terms of how they execute on product delivery yeah. and to be more experimental. Like what, like it was almost like putting the keys of the kingdom with the quality assurance team saying, what would you guys like to build or how would you like to go about it? The reason which, the reason, which is making basically all QA embedded, basically. Yeah, yeah well, because if you think about it this way, if quality assurance is the first line of defense as a first consumer, we now have the power to do UI, UX testing and A-B testing on our own. We now have the power to be able to have test experiments on our own. We now have the power to be able to say, hey, the pro you guys said you want this from the product. Well, here's what we've already hit everything that needs for the product. Here's what it's actually going to be. And then we can actually show, you know, real world results a lot faster. We're the first physics quickly. And so if you're building from that quickly, you're able to adapt faster. I'm smiling really big because I'm agreeing with everything he's fucking saying. <laughs> Hulu, did you want to chime in here? Um, actually, I started to interrupt, like you're no, all no, great no, points. No, no. Coming, so from my perspective, coming like, um, you know, I've been going through the interview process and at least with talking with the, like the hiring managers and then eventually talking to maybe it's like a product manager or whatever, um, like they're detailing, you know, what it is that needs to be done. And like one of my go-to questions is, so are you building out a QA team? Because I feel like what they, what they like, I understand what they want, but you know, do they understand? You know, it's it's not going to be like. A, I, think, it's weird. I think that's another question because that's kind of it's, what I'm having with mine. Where is does product actually understand the QA process, which I that, feel like yeah, they don't. It's like, I'm like they it doesn't seem like it. it like from, from yeah, from the at least the interviews like, okay, this is gonna be interesting. You know, there Which we had at Sony. But <laughs> yeah, no, and like for these positions, like, no, we just need this one person for like okay. I mean I won't know uh what like really what they need until I'm actually in the position and then I could get a full understanding like and then I put in my like this is what's happening you know uh, this is like like figuring out how long it'll take you know uh, what so the test plan the approach yeah, you understand just yeah, to exactly. do, like like give them a, a actual time frame when we can deliver this and like um, until I see it like I can't be like oh I can get done you know in a day and like no I'm not, I'm not gonna I can't well, push I mean, it that you can, well it depends well, like you don't know until you have you, you get the actual like you know software and working with it and getting understanding. Agree and, and disagree for the simple fact that a sanity check, smoke check, and full run can be standardized, and you can give a approximated time of results until it's built out. Then you give them. Well, a that's the problem. Like they need someone to build that out. And yeah, but you can always give a bullshit approximated time. <laughs> well, I, I think I tend to I think the lane where uh, Julio is because what I think what you're referring to is what I like to think of as. Um, you know, when you go to a medical facility or if you go to a science facility, when they want to do an experiment, you have to have specific parameters set up. Yeah. In general, you, we find in software, because nobody's dying and nobody's life's on the line, those type of parameters and standards aren't really respected. So by the time they're saying, here's what I want, you can anticipate that they're not considering, okay, well, I, you know, from a QA testing standpoint, we need to have certain things aligned. And we generally see this with... Uh, other teams, even with, and it's not just product either. I would argue this happens with engineering as well, where their mindset is focused on, okay, here's either building or hitting a deadline, and we just need you to test, etc. But when it comes to testing, 
okay, we need to ensure that we have certain things lined up as a prerequisite, that way we can have a full thorough root cause analysis test. Because generally what happens is, because what you're referring to is when you get on the job, they say, okay, here's what we want. And you start testing it, they say, well, why didn't you test it? Which is a very big question, first of all. And then secondly, exposes like, okay, you didn't know what you asked me to test. Especially when you're like, did you do positive negative testing? I'm like, do you guys know what positive and negative testing actually entails? Like, well, <laughs> what right. A-B testing, what gray box testing is? Like, come on. Well, right, that's what's interesting. Because that's most of it these days is mo mostly we're doing gray box testing. Yeah. Because the specs aren't there. We're developing as we go with some spec and documentation there as we're building out, as we're doing the testing. Depending on the place. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, it'd be nice to get, like, black and white box testing, but it's not like that ever happens much anymore. Well, I think it's going to be harder even now because, again, with direct-to-consumer, things are moving fast. And right? MVP. And MVPs. I mean, yeah. MVP, is, MVP is the, the, bane the of mother. My well, it's the mother of all, you know, uh, figure out what your group is doing, figure out how everybody communicates, figure out how to get something done. Then when you find out you, you can't get it done, how much longer it's gonna take, now you gotta put that in the test bed. Now, to get back to gaming, do you think that we'll ever have like a console game that's MVP status? Or do you feel like we're already there? What do you mean by MVP status? Minimal viable products, like they did with a lot of the streaming apps we worked on, where it's like, just get it out and we'll fix, we'll do day one patches, day five patches. Like, I, I know we get that with some games, but do you feel like the whole game industry is going that way to just pushing oh, yeah. out the game before it's oh, yeah. fully ready to go? Oh yeah, absolutely, because I mean, the, the beta tests. The beta tests have become uh, their new test bed for um, how do we find out how well it's doing. You know, like uh, Halo Infinite, for example, they call it, you know, get ready for your flight. And they were just testing for how the AI works. You know, like, True. what was a lot, I mean, remember back in the day, like, you you didn't release a game to test just AI. Like, no, you're testing all aspects. Yeah. So when I saw they're testing just one feature, and they're like, okay, then next we're gonna test, we're gonna send out another one invite for you guys to test this different feature. That tells me that it's hey they're they're doing tests on the go, and lastly I would add and and because of, <laughs> well because connection is also a big thing as well like not everybody has most people don't have good connection yeah and no matter how good your game is if the connection is not quite right those stuff's gonna start breaking down so exactly. I think yeah MVP I think the game industry is already doing MVP I think it's probably gonna get even more yeah. scarce I mean you you just said it yeah we're I'm seeing a lot more of day one patches so. It's happening. They just push it out, and because I mean, apps went there first, so it's like we went Korean game model for microtransactions, yeah, and now we went to minimal viable product and still microtransactions. So we're giving the consumer less of what they want and more of what the company wants. Well, this is happening software-wise as well. I mean, it's happening across um, the internet in general. So you saw Google just released um, an update to their uh, to their browser. So what they did was, <laughs> what they did was they wanted to keep users from turning off autoplay. Oh, yeah. So that way they wouldn't turn off of their use of that browser. Yeah. Now, you know, the first part is the technical standpoint, but the second part of it was, you know, we want to keep our users. So if you're thinking about that from, you know, if you just step back for a second and think about, you know, how the industry is reacting in general, where it's, what we're talking about is a bunch of people, all of us, all of us consumers are now falling into the standpoint of what gamers used to be when the game industry first came out. Fickle. <laughs> We have no time for stuff. If it ain't working, we're walking off it. <laughs> I mean, that's just really the case now. Like, there's, you know, like the the old mom in Midwest, she's gonna be more harsh than we are about games now. Like, you know what? I can't get past this menu. I'm done. I'm never. I'm never coming back. True, true. That's really how it goes down. Now, the only way they keep them now is through gambling systems or trying to get them hooked by some kind of, you know, play more. If you do X, then we'll give you this, right? 
So it's just interesting to see how which the is, which data brokers. Which one do you think is crazier, the play more or the gambling system? Uh, play more or gambling system? Which one's? Play more uh, as in you have to keep logging in every 30 minutes to collect your thing and make sure you can... I think the gambling system is probably the worst. Yeah. All, I, I think it's the worst because it, it gives this false sense of... Um, accomplishment. Right. Yeah. When, you know, from a game standpoint, they can get that same accomplishment without that system in there. And just unlock it naturally through gameplay or something like that. Right. Yeah. The only reason you would have a gambling system is because you as a, as a company are trying to generate an economy, an ecosystem. And you can still generate an ecosystem with less of the gambling, just a little bit more of the metagaming, right? But okay. that's the thing. Like, how, what's the difference between metagaming and gambling? And then you have to go into a whole expose with somebody to explain that to uh, them. Metagaming would be what EA did and everyone shit on them with you can buy a character that actually has better stats. And everybody shit on that. I'm like, that's what I want to pay for. That, I don't want a costume. I want a better character that has awesome stats. Well, that's that was the Korean model at first, actually. Like, better guns, better weapons, better better attachments, stuff like that. And I was like, no, we just want cosmetics. <laughs> well, that's what's interesting. Like, how do you... That's the thing. It's I think it all comes down to communication with your user base, right? How do you... Like, when Xbox tried to have that reveal for the Xbox One, and everybody was like, oh, Xbox One, you know, quote-unquote sucks... But the, the challenge was communicating why there was value there, right? True, if true. someone doesn't understand the value of something, they walk away from it. And by saying conversely, if you can make up value, which we've seen with the Apple phones, you know, like, hey, this phone can do all these great things. Don't be wrong, they can. But most people only use it for the camera. So now they just yeah. sell it as a camera, yeah. right? <laughs> Basically. You know what I mean? So it's, it's the, what it comes down to is either, you know, it, does, it kind of comes down to marketing and technology mixing together a little bit. How do you explain value in a way that is healthy for your consumers as well as for your your financials, true, true. you know, for your company, you know, because that that can be very dicey. Only thing about to, money now. Well, it's a very dicey thing to uh, touch on, right? <laughs> like it's you know, you got to make money as a company, but then you don't want to hurt your consumer at the same time. So the point you were brought up earlier too with Netflix making their own gaming stuff and stuff, uh, are they making a gaming system or they're just making a gaming platform that you can do online? So that's just like interesting that. about the space that I work at. Uh, we're building out this thing called Miles, and it's just interactivity with viewership, right? Uh, you saw it with YouTube, uh, you saw earlier versions of this with YouTube where you would click your choice and it'll go yeah, to the next yeah, thing. Yeah. Generally, that's what they're trying to do, just expand it, right? They're trying to do, uh, Netflix is trying to have, you know, more people engaged in a gaming system. Because right now, they have people stuck to the screen when it comes to movies, TV shows, etc. Yeah. So they have them there. But now they want to have ways that they can interact with it digitally, but... So like we Amazon. know, yeah, but you and I know that when it comes to gaming, it can be a niche market and or a certain skill set level entry. Agree. They're trying to expand on that. Okay. In some way. Now, whether or not they're successful is a big question because it depends on what partnerships they get and how they execute. Because they well, did have games up there before. I saw that before. They had the interactive where you click through. Well, my question is, is with you know a new PlayStation Five and Xbox Series X and Series S out. But all these other companies, YouTube and all them that are starting their own little gaming platforms and stuff like that, do are we going to see more of web-based stream, uh, Steam-type platforms to play games and I mean, a step away from the consoles? It's going to be tricky because if you want an example, look at Google uh, and with their service. Like it, it's not so hot right now. So it's, it, I honestly I don't know how to like how would, do you read the market on this? How, like how. Unless How do you engage the people? Unless connect cross-platform, I don't really think like, connect the market. Like, like, I was like, oh, it looked interesting, but I was like, yeah, whatever. I still, I have Steam, I have my PS5. Why would I want to jump onto and Valve, there? if that's still around too, right? I mean, well, Steam is Valve. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, uh, 
Yeah, it, I, I don't know. I mean, it, it's for me, it's like wait and see, especially with Netflix. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, they're trying to do that. Like, I mean, I have a Netflix account. If it's like, here, try this out. Like, what do, you, what do you guys also think about the traditional MMORPGs then, too, still existing in this like independent territory where you just buy the game and download it? Or do you think it'll be more part of the these platforms or console-based launches? So, uh, you know, because we have cloud gaming and, you know, we have that technology now, um, companies are going to keep trying to push and drive people towards it, right? Now, I think that's I think that's why it's going to happen, just because they're trying to drive it. Like, for example, Netflix, you know, they're trying to drive it. Once you, basically with Netflix, if you can get people to enjoy it enough where you just give them a controller, you've now got that business model, right? Because, yeah, Google Stadia did not do well, no, and it's still not doing well. However, the, you know, I think that's where, that's interesting about the whole data brokers. <laughs> data brokers have a, data brokers are taking people's data and they're trying to, you know, they sell it off to other places, right? Yeah. But the whole point is collection of people, collection of users. So in Netflix's case, Netflix is going to succeed where Google Stadia failed. Whether or not they're going to succeed is another question. The reason they're going to succeed in certain places is because they already have the people users. there, yeah. right? Yeah. So when you talk about consoles, for example. Uh, you know, I personally, I'm walking away from consoles. I'm not going to buy that. I'm not going to buy the next one. I don't. I don't know that I'm going to buy the next one. I want to get a computer for that one, right? Okay. But that's because that's my choice, right? I don't know how many other people worldwide, globally, are going to say, okay, here's a $400, $500 machine that's going to do what my computer or what my TV can do. That's where those metrics kind of come in. When we start to see folks moving more into um, competency on computer, I think, on software. I mean, that really. A great way to put it. Yeah, I, I think I think we are going to see people walking away from consoles to a degree because the console, the console is still while it's still powerful. It's the question is, you know, in the real world right now, people are dealing with COVID nineteen, right? That's a very real situation. People are dealing with homelessness right now. It's a very real situation. They're dealing with trying to build assets. I mean, how many people jumped on Bitcoin, you know, and then lost a bunch of money? Yeah. Or the stock market. Or the stock market. Yeah. You know, like you know, it's. I think folks are. I would argue folks are try, are starting to run into a little bit more of the real life scenarios, and while gaming is still going to have its major place because people need gaming and that's going to continue to grow, my the scaling question of whether or not we're going to lead into cloud gaming or stay on console, I think is going to come against how people react to, you know, losing assets in their own home. You know, true, like true. that's the big question, right? Because the companies now have to shift towards, okay, we want you to spend money, spend money, spend money. But generally, you know, in, in general speaking, because of world events, more people are more broke and lo losing more money than before. Well, what I mean, sorry, what, what about your perspective, Julio? Um, it's funny, uh, it's funny because, yeah, I have consoles, but more and more of my time has been spent on uh, PC. Like, like uh, for instance, I just got the, uh, the original Final Fantasy, Final Fantasy 2. Like, only reason I got it was for nostalgia, but you know, I, I don't know if it was available on the console. But you know, it's easy. I have a controller on the PC. You can you know get so much done, and it's you can make changes to the PC. Unlike with a console, if anything, maybe add a hard drive. But with the PC, you do whatever you want with it. And true, true. Like it's funny, yeah. I, I I when I launched my uh, the PlayStation it was like, oh, it's been this this long since I launched it. Shit. Well, see, for me, like, the, I, I have a gaming PC, too, that I can play games with that we played a few games. Uh, 
mostly low power games, so it's not nothing crazy. Uh -huh. But as much as I love my PC and sitting there and playing some games, I am not 20 anymore that I want to sit in my computer chair for eight hours and play a game. And since my console has all my apps and everything on it, I can go from playing Battlefield 1 with Julio to playing Stellaris with my friend Lawrence to watching Netflix to Funimation for this. So right. it's still my home entertainment unit where my PC is used for either dedicated gaming or other functions. Well, that's just interesting, you know, and I think that's where Nintendo stands, out, stands apart because what Nintendo does is it drives the family to spend more time together. See, but you meant, okay, right there, family. Well, so, but you, you can replace the word family with people enclosed in the house, right? So, for, so for yes, example, so for, <laughs> well, 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 let's, let's explore for a little bit, right? Okay. So, like, for, a PS, for a PlayStation and Xbox, right? Um how far away did we move away from co-op games, right? Like, when was the last time you saw a game that said, hey, you can now do co-op with somebody next to you in your, in your same space? There's a couple out there. Oh, in the same space. That's different. Online co-op. Online co-op yeah, yeah, is yeah, where yeah. they live now, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? So, so PlayStation and Xbox share the online-only co-op version, <laughs> right? So, it's again, it's less about the family, but it's, again, to me, about the, you know, if, if the whole idea is camaraderie and community, Online has one aspect, sure, but you can do that with PC as well, okay. right? Whereas with, you know, the personal co-op, I, I don't know any co-op, quote-unquote, major games that do that in PC. Now, there's other smaller titles, sure, but again, PC kind of just, you can do everything, it's a computer. Yeah. Now, in the console range, you know, Nintendo is one of those far and few that says, okay, there's somebody sitting next to you, you can do that as well as play online, Right. And I think that's the thing because you know consoles made the decision a while back that it's better to go online Which with much people. Like, yeah. Well, <laughs> and for them it made sense of time, you but now both. especially well, right? But now especially that people are just stuck at home, and for the foreseeable future at home, it's kind of like okay, well, yeah, I'm going to sit down, but I'm going to play with somebody that boy over here, and that's the only space I'm going to be at, right? Well, it kind of it kind of it, it's not like it's a hindrance per se, but I would say it's a tunnel vision. I have to give my perspective. So. Please. Uh, and I'm not, I don't, this isn't a global perspective. This is just it's mine. Yeah, not even, not even I mine. have all the consoles. And right. throughout COVID, through being stuck at home, my only way to play games with friends was through online PC games On con or oh. console games. My Nintendo Switch, which I've had with Mario Kart and all that the whole time, is sitting there collecting dust because my only roommate doesn't give a shit about the game or care to play it right, that often. Right, right. So it has now become a paperweight that is doing nothing. I load it every month just to see if there's anything I want to just play randomly, but it's more get back on the consoles to play a game with Julio and Lawrence and other people or hop on a PC when we're going to do a board game arena and do webcam sharing and play a lot, a lot of those games. That makes so, sense. Like the Nintendo, unless I like, I've thought about giving it to my brother, a family that can actually sit and enjoy it for the simple fact uh, that sign me up. <laughs> I didn't say I was going to. I thought about giving it to. <laughs> but yeah, like yeah, in a family unit, one hundred percent. Nintendo is the best console because it brings everyone together and allows everyone to play. Don't play Mario Party because that creates enemies. But every other game is fun, uh, even Smash Brothers. Well, that's an interesting segue because, you know, we're talking about that divide between the solo person and the group folks. I think that's where this whole, what Netflix is trying to do, what my company is doing, the Miles, the whole, that middle ground of being an interactive viewer, right? So Twitch has a bunch of viewership, viewer, yeah. viewer, viewer. What Miles does is take that 
concept and then takes it further by saying, okay, now you're a viewer and you can influence what you're seeing there, right? Now you can be part of the spectacle, yeah. you know? Um, and I don't know if Netflix, the reason I say Netflix in terms of Miles as well is because the art, there was an article that came out that was talking about Netflix moving to this range and the person writing the article had referenced Miles because Miles is already pushing that, you know? So, you know, when you talk about people being at home, talk about people trying to shift and adjust to this new, you know, situation that we're dealing with in terms of COVID and real life, it's interesting that, you know, this is a great time for cloud computing and interactive viewership to really kind of expand because those that includes more than just gamers, right? That includes the person by themselves at home, includes the person with families at home. There's a if you want to get together at a at a at a bar, if you want to get together at a park, even you know, there's a certain level of True. we can True. all yeah, as yeah. viewerships engage with this digital content that's in action, you know. So I like that. Oh yeah, that makes sense. Okay. Um, okay, I kind of want to like we've talked about theory and gaming for a minute. I kind of want to get a little serious real quick, especially since we have a nice diverse group and we did talk about this on the last podcast. Yeah. Um, it's been about a year and a half since. COVID started and a lot of the Black Lives Matter stuff started. Uh, how do you guys feel about, has anything changed or are you still disappointed on what's going on in society and there hasn't been enough reform or? Uh, well, I'm still on my theories about what this looks like and I'm still trying to move out of the country. <laughs> yeah, it's just what it is. You know, cause yeah, you know, there's, there's definitely, um, I'm proud of seeing the people that are stepping in and you know, trying to fill in spaces um, where they weren't allowed to be before. Yeah, uh, I'm proud to see that folks are, you know, speaking up against things that you know are are not quite right and could use some adjustment. Um, however, you know, I I can just see it's it's just becoming a cluster of of back and forth backbiting that's just becoming far more uncomfortable than I want. You know, like it, it'd be one thing if this country wasn't littered with guns. It'd be one thing if this okay. country wasn't littered with. Um, a lot of emboldenedness to, you know, express yourself in a way that's negative. Yeah. You know, it'd be one thing, but because this country is the way it is, you know, and because, you know, it's my own theory. I don't even know if it's a real thing. It's just my, my thoughts in terms of infrastructure and how things are here. You know, I'm not very comfortable with, um, the, you know, our death rate keeps going up. Mm -hmm. People are still being affected by that death rate yeah. as it continues to climb. And we're not even putting, we're, we just barely, we're just now talking about an infrastructure bill. Like, just now. And even then, that's it, up for arguments. And we're discussing whether or not to kick people in or out of their homes while we still have people that are poor. Okay. Yeah. It's just, yeah. you know, when it comes to these kind of things, these kind of decisions being made, you know, I'm just not comfortable having my family while we sit around waiting for folks to kind of figure out whether or not it's good to help the community, especially when we're in a tripart pandemic. You know, we still have kids at the border that are, going, that are suffering. We still have, we have, I mean, you see California right now, we have so many people that are on the street and we are doing efforts to get that done. Yeah, it's just again, not, right, yeah. right. But then, you know, you also see Midwest, you know, they're trying to take out of their school books, even racism ever happened, you know, and then you have folks that are still in line with oh, that. Florida can't even teach it now too. Dude, so, yeah. and you still have people that are in line with that, that are trying to fill in positions of you know, democratic spaces saying, hey, you know, we're going to be better leaders because your leader messed up in a COVID-19. You know, just again, preying on folks' yeah, vulnerabilities <laughs> exactly. to try to gain power to make decisions when their decision-making was suspect before. Agreed. You know. Julio, I mean... Um, God, that, actually, that's a real thinker because um, 
You had time. He was talking. Yeah, no, <laughs> I, like, 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 no you were going, listening. I get it. I was going, you know, going things, going things over my head, like, um, more uh, specifically, specifically for COVID, um, like, there are some dumb people out there. Uh, well, we're talking about COVID. No, or the no, Black Lives Matter. No, but I'm I, going I, into the, the, I mean, I'm like I said, I'm, this is personally speaking. Like, I'm seeing this shit because I'm, to, you know, I'm talking with my mother. I mean, she's in Florida. Yeah. She has to, well, she both of our has families to, in Florida. But she has to go, she works at the airport. Yeah. She has no choice. And like hearing her stories, you know, it's frustrating because I'm like, I'm telling her, you know, she knows to be safe, but at the same time, like, there's stupid people around her, yeah. And, she, and I'm like, please get the shot. She's very resistant to it. I forgot about that. It, so, I mean, I'm not trying to, like, get on her case about it. You know, she, she's, uh, I mean, she's her own individual. She can do whatever the fuck she wants. I mean, she said that. I'm like, you're not wrong. Yeah, but, you know, like I tell her, yeah, I know. I mean, she's doing, like, she's being very careful. So, like I said, this is coming from a personal aspect. Yeah. Um, as far as uh, Black Lives ma- uh, Matters, um, what's important is like the, um, getting the news out there. Like there, there's still incidents happening, but they're not getting the attention they deserve. Agreed. You know. Um, we kind of push them back on the rug again, like we've done this. Yeah, yeah, it's like really. I mean, um, it's yeah, it's been very lax a days ago, but it's still important to be to talk about it to bring it up. Yeah. You know. Oh yeah, that's why my website's not changing. It's gonna keep the yeah, banners and the I mean, oh, like, yeah, no, for sure. donation pages up there. Um, you know, there's links. Uh, like, I, I, once in a while, if like if if I do have the funds, you know, I do try to throw something, yeah, donate. Like for me, uh, my long time like go-to donation was for like food banks because I, uh, this was years back. I used to uh, volunteer at a food bank. You know, this was you know suggested to me since I was like looking for work, and then. Um, Working at the food bank was interesting because seeing what's being come in, like, how do you fucking make a meal out of it? And I was like, no, I'm not, like, I remember what I donated. Nah, I, it's much more better to give them the money. They know what to do with it. Um, but that's, you know, and then. Give me a couple ha- links to share because I want to put those on the site. Uh, I'll, I'll see if I can, because I, I worked at, uh, I did it at the Long Beach Food Bank. So I did that. But, and then, you know, when just the whole, like, the, the, the catalyst was, at least I would think would be uh, George Floyd. That just like finally there, there you know, it was there was intention being garnered and like, okay, now we need someone like when it comes to cops, you know, I'm like, I'm not well, okay. So we've gone like, to body cameras mostly yeah. in a lot of states. Some states are still like we don't care about body cameras. We've gotten some police reform, not much. I really, I'm more on the defunded police standard still and just rebuilding a broken system but do you feel like we're still getting gerrymandering in the southern states and stuff like that of districts so that way they can't vote that way I feel like the Me Too movement had more traction than the Black Lives Matter movement did which Black Lives, both of them have been around for a long fucking time and it's something we've had to deal with for a long time and keep just pushing down the road well, that's because that's that's because in America, you know, racism is still uncomfortable to talk about, and there's still resistance to it being an actual real thing. You know, and even if you brought, I found that even if you brought people in on the information, you still have to catch them up on history in terms of what's going on. So, like a great film I, I would recommend is um, it's called uh, Withdrawn Arms. So okay. it's about the uh, Olympic Where runner. Watch it, you know? Huh? Where can you watch it? Uh, Prime Video. Prime Video. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so it's about a, uh, a runner. His name is uh, Tommy Smith. 
uh, he was the one that put the fist up at the oh, Olympics okay, yeah, yeah, the yeah. very first time. So he goes into this story of what his life was like afterwards, um, the history behind what that um, fist meant and what was going on with that fist. Um, the uh, direct the uh, team that put it together was uh, from the guy that runs the studio is uh, Glenn Kaino. So he met up with Tommy Smith and he started just you know helping him put these projects together to kind of get the message out about what's going on. And that's those are one of those things that are are the positive steps towards getting information out there, right? Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of like you know when we're talking about the personal step, the personable aspect of it, you know it's having to deal with your everyday, right? How you meet people, how you run into people, um, what their attitude is, what you talk to them about. You know it's it's hard to evangelize quickly for the things that need to get done that are you know that are in flux right the most you can do right now is just keep getting the message out there which has been good seeing the companies step up and seeing even though some of them are you know pandering but yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) you know it's still you know why 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 complain right like it's still positive um you know it's still trying to get messages out there in terms of where the real problems are right like we have judges now a bunch of judges in there now that are more favorable towards how things used to be. Yeah, sure. You know, and so that's where the real pain point is. You see the Supreme Court, they're doing a lot of wild stuff right now. You know, they have some stuff that they did all right. But yeah, for the most part, like, but for the most part, you know, and it's just, it's, it's a lot of these decisions do have real world impacts. Like we're, when- Real world long term. Long term, I'm talking about like decades. Yes. Yeah, so that's where the whole, you know, you know, I had to kind of look around for myself, like, okay, do I really want to be around for a lot of what could possibly happen, you know? Now, of course, there could be positive things that happen, right? So I definitely want to be sure to be around for that. But, you know, we're, we're you know, this is not even including the wars that we're trying to bark up now, you okay, know? Yeah. And, and based on the appetite of the country, it does seem like if Trump was to run again, he would get elected again. Oh, God. Then you know I'm, I mean? I'm going to... I'll move to the possible. moon. It I'll seems just very <laughs> You know, like, it's... Folks are not thinking ahead of time. They're not thinking ahead or remembering what happened before. They're thinking about how they feel right now. Well, I mean, this would be a longer discussion as people aren't even taking facts anymore. They're using their opinions as facts. So, like, but well, I mean, it's, 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 it's real positive in how people are treating with COVID, right? Yeah, we are 100%. looking at hospital numbers, even with the numbers telling us people are dying in droves. Oh, no. This is what pisses me off about reporting right now. Yeah. If you can't ask true follow-up questions, you're not a goddamn reporter. NBC reporter had four nurses on talking about why they haven't gotten a shot. And the last one he talks to goes, so why haven't you gotten a shot? Uh, there's science that proves this. And she goes, is there? And he just ends the interview. Yeah. Yes, there is science that proves it. Here it is. It's been around for 20 years. This is deviant. We yeah. just have to, or not deviant. Well, that's, what, that's, what, that's what I find interesting too. It's like it's, it's idea of what science people believe. They, found, they seem very comfortable with specific science. And then other science is kind of like, okay. now I'm just going to ignore it. You can it. have your smartphone. You can have your I mean, you know, water bottle. You can drive you know. that car. That's all wireless. But this shot, oh, you can get your flu shot. But this shot, no. Okay. And it, I could rant forever on yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think that's what makes it uncomfortable, right? Like, Because now America is, is what it, for all intents and purposes, almost a pariah because we won't take this seriously. And, you know, we had to get it. I'm, I'm worried about the time when we get banned again. Yeah, from the rest of the world. Yeah, that happened. Well, we're still tech- like I want to go to Japan. I can't yet because first of all, their rates are still high there, and they only have like seven percent or twelve percent vaccinated, and also we're not allowed to travel. So, I some I want to go see Gundam stuff, and I can't yet because right. uh, we're locked right. out. Right, <laughs> right, right. And that's the thing. I'm you know, I, and I love, and I just had a birthday, so I'm loving life. 
Absolutely. And the last thing, thank you. And the last thing I want to do is live and die on California shores. <laughs> right. True, I want to travel the true. world. I want to see what the, I want to see what's going on out here. Like. No, I'm thinking about moving to Canada. <laughs> Too cold for me. I'm sorry. I'm here. <laughs> here we're back to Florida, which kind of sucks. But if I can get a remote job and work in Florida, I'll be fine with that. Uh, so for, yeah, we're already almost at an hour. So just for TV stuff real quick, there has been a lot of shows. Castlevania ended. I don't think we talked about that last time. I've been watching a lot of other anime. There's been a couple other things coming up. Any TV shows or things you want to talk about real quick or bring up? Um, God, actually, I... TV shows, I don't think I've been really catching up on anything. I've been like, I've said this before, I've gone down my little YouTube hole. Okay, we're away from Julio. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> anything for you? Any shows you're watching? Or? Uh, so I've been definitely watching the Marvel shows. Oh, yeah? Yeah. So you've been uh, watching those too, dumbass. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, I loved WandaVision. I loved uh, Winter Soldier Falcon. I love Loki. Captain America Falcon. Captain Cap America Winter Soldier? I forget the name of it. I forget that. I, I, yeah, know, I know, I know. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, time. Falcon Winter Soldier. Yeah. Um, and then Loki was bars too, man. The way they ended Loki was so oh brilliant. So was brilliant. Uh, spoiler, spoiler alert, spoiler alert. We're going to talk about it. Yes, he w Kang was amazing. Brilliant. Funny, quirky, <laughs> off the wall, just brilliantly amazing. Brilliant. Well, the execution was, and that's the thing, I've been really on uh, cinematic execution. The cinematic execution for that one, that just... What is this sound now, dude? We've had like every sound. Do we have a helicopter flying above us? Okay, anyways. There it goes. <laughs> sound like a monster. Uh, yeah, um, the execution for that episode was just. I I'm really big on cinematic execution. Yeah. And that was just. That was just so a, well done. Yeah, yeah. It was just. Out of brilliant. the three shows, which, were, which was your favorite? Uh, you know, I, I, I'd rather answer that with my... I have favorite episodes in all three. Okay, give that. My <laughs> favorite episode... Same question, think on it. My favorite episode in WandaVision was by the time the goal, she breaks the fourth wall. Okay. Uh, and then in Final Winger Soldier, my favorite one was the uh, Power Broker because you saw uh, Winter Soldier, um, Zemo. Baron Zemo, and, <laughs> and Falcon all interact. It was brilliant. And then for Loki, it was that last episode. Okay. Those are my favorite episodes from all three. So. How about you, Julio? Uh, I agree with the Loki one, you know. Uh, seeing Kang, like, like they really are doing a good job building it out into, you know, the other properties. Like, Kang, obviously, I think his, like, his big thing is uh, Fantastic Four. You know, and now that's official and that more, they're... And more. He takes on the Avengers. He does take on the Avengers. So. But, no, because the reason I say Fantastic Four, because... Uh, He's a very, like, at least canon-wise, very, He's very... Richards, yes. I uh, Richards. Yeah, so so it's nice to see, like, how they're going to build that out, if they're going to include that. Um, well, they did kind of, the, the way he was talking about the year he's from, that would make him Richards. And then he didn't say his name. Once yeah. again, he said he goes by many names. Yeah. Conqueror is one, but... Yeah, but no, yeah, I like, like, he, he, like he, he didn't give you direct answers. He just sprinkling around, like messing with you. Know, I, I did like that. Um, WandaVision, I would say. Um, actually, I, I enjoyed like it was like it was weird. Like it's a TV show within the TV show. I was like, yeah, that was so weird, and I enjoyed that overall so you like aspect. The first two episodes best. Then, it was pretty good. It was I was like, like 60, 70 Yeah, episodes. yeah, I, I did like that. It was strangely enough, you know. Uh, and then for um, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, uh, just just seeing him transitioning into being Captain America 
the training sequence, and then finally like owning up and accepting the role. Well, that last the last episode, his speech to the camera was phenomenal. Yeah, I was like, oh, yeah, thank so, you, thank and you. Then, <laughs> and then, and then, then it changed from Falcon to Captain America. I was like, mm. see, no. like for you know, I've always been an X Men fan, so it would be WandaVision would probably I had as a kid I would say my favorite, like, but. For everything, you know, with Infinity War and everything, we got so fantastical that Captain Falcon Winter Soldier rooted us back in the heart of Marvel, of where everything's not that... Even though I, you know me, fuck Captain America and all, like, they're not superheroes in my opinion, but <laughs> um, still, you need that heart rooted in the ground of not everything's this crazy. So I liked how that did that, and it was really well done, and especially the uh, dealing with grief and the... the disparity in America like there are so many good aspects of that show that just hit really hard home that I was like everyone should watch this fucking show that, that was a show for fucking everyone I feel and if you don't get what they're trying to play out in this then you're just stupid <laughs> yeah, but Loki for a character I don't care about really also phenomenal show that last episode was amazing and yeah WandaVision was just great that last fight with the white vision and all like so but what if is apps like that is I'm loving it right now. Have you started watching What If yet? I'm starting that soon. Okay. I haven't started that yet. Okay. I did watch. Uh, I finally watched uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League. So you're the same. High five. Okay. Okay. Well, so I gotta tell you. I gotta tell you. So uh, they're trying. Uh huh. <laughs> um, I, I they had parts that I liked. But for the most part, yeah, it was it was not and good. A, a director cannot make a universe. Kevin Feige made a universe. A director cannot yeah, make a universe. Yeah, yeah, It just it's like the only time that I, I know Julio's pissed now. No, I mean, <laughs> well, like first of all, Dark Side should have been way tighter in his fighting scene. That was a weak cinematic execution. I just got just gotta, I'm sorry. No hate on the folks that put it together because they do a lot of hard, great work. Agreed. It's just man, I was expecting more. And then later on, you know, as it goes. The Flash one was good. I started oh, to kind of understand. Well, the Flash uh, saving her part was, you know, I started to understand Zack's style a little bit more and why he does all that slow-mo stuff. But still, it wasn't enough to build on an entire film, right? <laughs> like, it did end well. Like, I did like how it ended oh, with... Oh, see, I hated it. You know, I mean, I, I like it ended better than the rest of it was going. Okay. It was, just, it was just... Overall, yeah, it was just rough. I know I've said this on here before, but... The way he Flash ends it is he did Flashpoint Paradox. That should have been Thomas Wayne, not Bruce Wayne. Him about, uh, stepping okay. to recreate the universe is Flashpoint Paradox. The only time, he, other than that, he goes through a fucking portal to go to the past. He doesn't recreate the universe. The only time he does that is Flashpoint Paradox, and that creates Thomas Wayne. Well, if, that's the thing. That's interesting. That's probably true. That's why. But it was a cool, Flash, it was one of the cooler things to see. I'm it was lonely. Like, I don't have friends. Meets Iris West at a fucking coffee <laughs> shop and never didn't, didn't know her his whole life. Like, there's so many aspects that needed. And uh, the actor's an asshole to kids. So. Oh, man. I, I just. down to New Zealand. I, all, I, all I know is, all I know is the, sh the movie, the film itself could use work. Yes. They got to. For a four-hour film, it could use work. And I haven't watched one. Julio's got to chime in now. He's Suicide Squad was good. That's that's. Oh, I want to see that one. It was good. Gun uh, did a. I think Gun did a good job with it. Uh, spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! Uh, I thought it was okay. Once again, I don't no care about anyone on the Suicide Squad, and you bastardized the villain. The main villain no, they bastardized. No, I'm just no, gonna say that. No, I think it was good. 
Uh, Did you watch Young Justice and all that? Uh, Young Justice? No. How about Justice League Unlimited? Uh, yo, yeah. Justice okay, good. so when you see the villain, tell me if they bastardize it. That's all what right. I want to know. Right. <laughs> Justice League Unlimited is good. Uh, any movies you're looking forward to coming out? Like, uh, oh god, I'm going to say it. Shang-Chi and the Ten, Ten Rings? Uh, you know, I'm going to watch it, but I'm not, like, hype about it. I don't know anything about the character, you know? So it's I'm one of those about going to watch it. Okay. And Abomination. Okay. Yeah, no, I'm going to wait till it's out on, you know... I can rent it on my uh, I've, which it. service? Wait, what's the thing? No, I'm gonna uh, like watch it once it's out on uh, I don't know which video service it'll oh, be yeah, out yeah, on. Yeah. So just rent it. I'm just gonna rent it through there. Okay. Like, uh, you know, I'm interested, but we'll see. What about Black Widow? I want to see Black Widow still. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think she's getting a lot of like she's getting a lot of salt for no reason. I think it's a woman thing to be honest, but. <laughs> I want to. I want. I haven't seen the movie. Are you talking about the contract thing? No, no. I just mean. I just mean like how Black Widow's. Uh, you know, like Black Widow was one of the original dope characters that they had produced through the Marvel universe, uh, as far as execution and just getting things done. And so then, like over the time, well, yeah. And then over time, it kind of like she didn't get that much love. You know, as things went on, she got a lot of love in Winter Soldier, which was dope. Because Black Widow's a shitty character in Marvel. I'm well, you know, I mean, they, but they, their execution on TV has been the better. The other Black Widow in Marvel, that's a Spider-Man character, is a much better character. Oh, uh, and then, uh, <laughs> then uh, I was gonna, I was gonna say the movie I'm excited about is Eternals. Yes, me too. Oh, yeah, I yeah. just saw the trailer. Yeah, yeah. I haven't seen the new one yet. Don't okay. tell me. Uh, I've been waiting for that. I'm waiting for that one. I'm waiting for that new one. Cause I so, want to see the Celestials. I'll see, like, kind of like you. I'm waiting for Deadly Origins to come out rental-wise, and I'll just rent it. Not the buy version, the rent version, and I'll rent it. Shang Chi. I'm saying it wrong. He said how to say it correctly. Shang Chi. Oh, Shang Chi. Shang Chi. Shang Chi. No, because it's funny because uh, my ref- my reference was Mortal Kombat. Yeah. Shang Tsung. Shang Tsung. Yeah. It was like Shang Shang Chi. So we've been saying Shang Tsung the whole wrong too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, no, it still is. They, Are you sure? Are we announced. sure? No, they announced his name as Shang Chung. Shang Chun, but I didn't know about uh, Shang Chi. Chi. Yeah. You know, the actually, actor went on in, uh, Twitter and said, "This is how you're supposed to say my name and my character's name." Nice. <laughs> it was perfect. Good. Uh, good. I want that. And someone's like, "No, it's stupid. It's just Americanized." I'm like, "No, that's being racist. You actually have to say it the correct way." Well, it's being it's being lazy. <laughs> yeah. Americans. Insen- it's know. being insensitive. Americans are lazy, dog. It's just lazy. Like, not, and I don't mean Americans are lazy like what Republicans talk about. I'm talking about like, <laughs> I'm talking about like English language. Like, we just, you know, yeah. we don't take our time to do it right. True. What the fuck are these sounds that are going on? It's oh, okay. COVID nineteen, baby. <laughs> oh yeah, it's fire truck. Okay. Yeah, man. COVID nineteen. I think the like uh, Spider Man coming up in December too. I'm excited for, but I'm a Spider Man fan. Well, so are you. So how have you not talked about the Carnage movie? I was up? gonna get there because I know that's where we're gonna talk about the most. So. I, haven't, I haven't watched the trailer yet. You haven't? I have oh, not. Okay, so we can't really talk about it. Then. No, you can't. <laughs> you're fine. You're fine. Have you feel free. You uh, deserve it. It's okay, your, so your, I saw the trailer. I saw the trailer and the breakdown of the trailer. So it seems like it's not another symbiote that's coming to infect him. He bites Eddie Brock. And that's how he gets the symbiote in his system through Eddie Brock's blood, which is interesting. And then as he's dying, he becomes carnage as he's being electrocuted. So I'm like, okay, that follows script. I like that. And they showed the church scene, which is in the comics, and a co- so we're getting maximum carnage, like you wanted, like you wanted maximum carnage. I did want maximum it. carnage. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're so, getting maximum carnage without Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah, that's gonna be interesting. Venom's gonna be the hero. That's gonna be interesting. Which was. I, I, 
Same thing in a trailer like this one for the last one. Venom calls Eddie Brock a loser, which I'm fucking happy about because he is a goddamn loser. So like, but well, I hope, I hope, I hope they. I'll be honest. When it comes to Venom, I hope they remove the comedy aspect a little bit, only because I don't think they did the comedy very well. Uh, I think they did okay with the comedy. What if it's better, better, exe- better executed this time? If they executed better in terms of like, the moment's got to be a real, com- it's got to be a real comedic moment. They can't just force it. You okay. know, I think that's what hurt because it seemed like they were trying to force the comedy rather than okay, something weird happens, it's awkward, and then they laugh about the awkward moment. Well, see, the one they're showing in the trailer is Venom keeps breaking his nose and fixing it. <laughs> that's fair funny. enough. That's fair funny. enough. Fair enough. <laughs> but that's the trailer one, so it's like we have to see more than that now. Right, so. right, right. I, I hope I hope they land the comedy a little bit more. Did they put the date on that when that comes out? I don't remember seeing no, that. I, so. I haven't seen the new the newest trailer yet. I think so. the next Spider-Man comes out December, and Venom comes out after that, probably like February or something like that. I'm not sure. So. Yeah, yeah, I'm not sure. So I, so I got a last question. What okay. do you think about the... Uh, so first of all, I think about Spider-Man, because I know Spider-Man, they're going to be doing multiverse, right? Yeah. With different Spider-Man. Yeah. Uh, they're doing the same thing with Batman, aren't they? Because I yes. heard Michael Keaton's coming back, oh, which yeah, I'm kind of yeah, hyped about. I'm kind of hyped about Michael Keaton getting back in the suit, baby. <laughs> I, I'm hyped about that and the interview that he had that he felt said putting on a suit was getting back to my oranges and felt like I needed to wear this again. That's so cool. he was already like he feels That's like cool. he's Batman That's of cool. that time. Uh-huh. He's that Batman, which That's he made very cool. clear. Like he's like I am that Batman because cool. I mean he was awesome as Birdman. So yeah, I'm excited. I'm saying his acting chops are just ridiculous these I'm days. I'm excited <laughs> for him, but we're also gonna get Batfleck and the other douche in it. So which other one? George uh, Clooney? No, the um, Doc Killer. Twilight dude. Twilight. Oh. Oh, oh, um, because he's because he's, he's playing the new Batman, yeah, right? Yeah. Oh. So it's Robert Pattinson, Batfleck, and Keaton. So I'm I'm okay with I I still like Ben Affleck as Batman. I think he's doing fine. I personally think he's doing all right. I'm walking away from this conversation, <laughs> but it'd be fun to see the three of them in there. I mean, it's weird they don't have Christian Bale coming back, man. That'd have been cool. That would have been cool. That, we don't know. He might actually be coming back. That'd so. have been cool. But what universe are they doing? Unless it's the fucking Arrowverse and... and well, someone's... I mean, Darkseid is a multiverse character, apparently, right? I'm uh, finding okay. out. I don't know. I don't know much I mean, about you know, Darkseid. I mean, you know, he says he wants to take over the multiverse. True. So. I mean, the only person I can think of that that brings in that multiverse is Flash. Yeah. So, it, from what like, I remember, like, I know they, they introduced, uh, like... Uh, for at least for Batman, it wasn't Bruce; it was his father. So it'll be interesting to see if if that's if they're gonna take that route with. I would assume with Keaton. So Michael Keaton might be Thomas Wayne. You think? That's, that'd be sick. That's what I'm assuming. Oh my god, that means he got guns. Like, oh sick. my yeah. god, I'd that'd be, be happy. Yeah, no, I'd be happy with yeah. that too. So nice. okay, so I'm semi excited. Even though I don't like DC that much, I'm semi excited. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm with you on the whole. I do want to see um, another movie that's free on HBO Max this weekend is Reminiscence with Hugh Jackman, which seems like some memory weird one. Kind oh, okay. of, so I'm gonna check that out because it's free. I, I'm watching everything that's free on HBO Max because nice. it's free. So nice. I, I saw Suicide Squad. I saw Wonder Woman two, which you don't need to see. Okay, yeah. I haven't. It, 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 right? It's bad. It's bad. It, it's like Blade Runner 2045 or whatever. You could just skip it entirely. I'm trying to finish uh, Godzilla vs. King Kong right now. I liked it. I thought it was decent. Yeah. I thought the ending was cool. Okay. It brought some stuff in. I was like, ah! Well, I was, I was kind of like, I'm not sure about it. But then my boy, uh, I forget his name, the actor who's also in Eternals. 
Man, he had one monologue of just talking about like he's the one, uh, the character, the black character that's oh, talking yeah, yeah, about yeah. exposing everything. Yeah. Don't tell me what happens with him, but his his monologues, his acting always gets my attention. Because at first I was like, ah, eh, this is gonna be, you know, Godzilla doesn't really have a great story. It's just fun to watch the, the animals go crazy, right? Uh, but then I heard him just talking, just doing the monologue. I'm like, yo, that's that's what I've been waiting for some some cinematics, baby. Like, yeah, that's another one of my favorite lines in the movie, actually. I'm saying, <laughs> dude, like, there's certain there's certain actors that can just bring stuff to life, you know. And I'm glad that we're having a lot more black actors coming through because, man, they are killing the game right now. That's um, what's his <laughs> excuse name? me for the echo. Um, um, Atlanta, right? Atlanta. Yeah. Yeah. And he's also Spider-Man's father in the. In uh, Spider Verse, yeah, yeah. yep. I, mean, I love him. His monologues are ridiculous. His voice too I'm is saying. amazing. So he, do you know his name? Like I'm blanking on it. Like, it doesn't matter right man. now. With he's this a rapper goal. in Atlanta, and he, uh, like I love that. That's a great show. <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll find out his name for the next podcast. The, <laughs> uh, that's the thing. That's what that's what I mean though. Like that's what I love about these actors that are coming up. Like you don't even need to know their names. Just as soon as you hear their voice, as soon as you hear their them just talking about the words just putting the words out there yeah just ridiculous uh the other actor from um um he was in um black panther but he was also in queen and slim uh, oh yeah you um the guy in the mountains right yeah yeah, yeah he's he was, like, dude, just it's just they're, no, they're okay the, there's one more i want to bring up too yeah, yeah go ahead uh, the new so guy, good. I, you'll probably know his name because i'm terrible with names uh the new guy who's playing blade now him i know uh Mashahala ali yeah, yeah. I watched 4400. That was the first thing I ever saw him in when he was coming back from really? 1940s to the present and having to deal with racism in that time and racism in this time. And his character development on that went a little weird but was really cool. But I love him as an actor, so to see him in all these, like, when he was in Battle Angel Alita, I was like, great casting. Dang, I have like, yet. Yes. Like, yeah, no, he plays the evil guy in Battle Angel uh, Alita. He, he, that movie's good, uh, and he, yeah, no, he's uh, good. He's a good actor. Yeah, because, uh, what was it? Um, one of the Marvel TV uh, shows, uh, Power, uh, Luke Cage. Oh he was, yeah, he yeah. was. Uh, I forget the name of the character, but he was like the, he was the bad guy. He was the bad guy. Yeah. And he did so, so well. He's phenomenal. So no, I'm excited. Yeah, like you said, some of the black actors are coming up now that actually have been around they're for a while now that are just getting yeah. like mainstream and starting now. Yeah, are fucking amazing. Like crushing it. Uh, King and the guy who was uh, See, the guy that, the guy that played King. I never saw him before. This oh, that I that. We'll, I asked him to go find out. We'll I find out. I have to. I, there, there was something else I saw him and I was like, oh, he's King. That's awesome. Same thing with the guy who did um, Watchmen. Uh, oh, uh, I know you're, I know you're talking about. I didn't. I, by the way, I did see Watchmen. That's one of the shows I did that was watch. Phenomenal, right? So that was a trippy show. That I was. It like, was hard to watch those first couple woo! episodes. It teaches history, but it was good, like, man. Yeah. It was good. They went. They went. But that ending, in on that one. That ending though is so poetically beautiful. Dude, and everybody got <laughs> homie got locked up too. <laughs> it was. But she basically becomes the trip. rest. That was a trip. Being. That was a trip. That was a trip. That show was a trip. It they was did really awesome. good. They did really good with that one. He's getting more work now too. I'm saying that's like he's gonna be in Candyman, right? Yeah, he's in. Can he's the detective. Next podcast, we're gonna know the names. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm bad with names. You guys might know the names, but no, I'm uh, another movie I'm excited for. Candyman. Because Jordan Peele's on the staff for production crew, Peele, and the original actor who played Candyman is coming back to reprise his role as Candyman. I'm fucking excited. It's gonna be good. See, this, I think that's what I'm enjoying about some of the, the nerd stuff coming out because they're bringing back, you know, these these actors from before, which is kind of like paying homage to them. You know, like Hollywood has a horrible record of just walking past people. Yeah. 
I think they only lift up, you know, let's be real, they lift up the white folks again, you yeah. know. So it's really nice to see, like, when the nerd stuff is coming out now, you know, the folks that are fans of it, they're saying, no, 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 bring these people back. We need to, you know, let's show the fans what they want to see. It's, and it's great because, you know, these guys have done more in their roles in acting. They've lived life. They've had experience. So then they can also bring that to the film as well. Exactly. It's just a really great ecosystem to, to continue to grow. Hollywood I mean, needs to keep doing Chadwick that. Chadwick Boseman such an amazing, stellar actor. Rest in peace. He was phenomenal. Dude. Like, he did something. Just bringing all that stuff to the screen to, yeah. like, to, to, to from, from real life to the sci-fi life to just kind of make it, you know, kind of just really land it all. Hearts it's and, like, good, really, man. Yeah. It's good. It's all good. That's the kind of things. I would like to see more of that in the U.S. Agreed. Agreed. <laughs> and I would, on a little side note, I would like to see more black actors in anime. Black characters in anime. So I think that's just interesting because there is a Japanese studio run by a black act, uh, by a, a black artist now, yeah. and he's getting a lot of uh, notice now because his animes are doing pretty well. Netflix I, is I want a black stuff. Gundam pilot. That's like a main pilot. I just want that. <laughs> like we've we've had mechanics, we've had other ones, but no, give me a black pilot. Oh, give, yeah. us, give us a Mexican pilot, a black pilot. Give us everything other than well, white pilot and well, Japanese. Sorry, pilot. sorry, sorry. El Salvadorian, not Mexican. No, no, no. El Salvadorian. What was it? Uh, Burning Gundam. Oh yeah. That, well, yeah, that was stereotypical pilots. Yeah. That we won't yeah. even go there. That's '90s stereotypes. I mean, I'm not Mexican. Uh, they try sometimes. Sometimes well, no, they try. The, the creator of Gundam said every time he's tried to do a character, it hasn't been taken well, so he never tries to do characters anymore. And I was like, well, just maybe get some true references from people that I mean, want to throw them in there. You know, you know, like the diversity of mindset, right? Like, yeah, bring some folks in that can help your mindset exactly. a little bit. Yeah. Oh, I mean. One anime series actually I, I need to pick, uh, come back and watching because uh, I, I did enjoy it was uh, Yasuke. It was about. I haven't watched that yet. Yeah, how was it? Uh, it's pretty good. I, I love this uh, the style like and it's because it's, it's about the. I guess he is the first black. Oh, samurai. the first black samurai. Yeah. yeah. So I heard about that coming out. That's gonna be. Yeah. Late. yeah. No, it's out. It's on Netflix. It was already out. Yeah. Oh I man. To get back to watching. I was like, about. Four episodes in, and then, yeah, right yeah. check that out. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, Hulu was telling me on the way here he's in the Bestiality on Netflix. I mean, sorry, Beast Stars, Beast Stars. No, yeah, that's, that's another one we can talk about. But Yusuke is on Netflix. Okay, I'm watching that today. But no, we're actually over an hour. Any any final thoughts for you, Foley? Since it's been a year and a half since you've been on, but you are a returning uh, guest now. So. Yeah, um, check out Metaverse. Check out Miles. Uh, I think interactive any cloud gaming. Any websites you want to share? Um, just uh, yeah, Genvid. Uh, Spell tech- it out. G e n v i d technologies dot com. Um, check out Miles. Um, check out Metaverse Technology. Uh, it's very interesting stuff. Uh, if you're into gaming, if you're into uh, software technology and how that impacts real world life, like it's, it's starting to kind of coalesce a little bit. Nice. Uh, and uh, be safe out there. You know, like it's um, this stuff's gonna keep getting, it's gonna keep growing. You know, this this uh, this this COVID stuff and then how the countries are reacting to it and how people are responding to it it's going to keep escalating so if you like what you see then cool if you don't like what you see just be prepared you know because it's whatever it is that you're seeing that's going to escalate agreed Julio any final thoughts no not really I mean other than you know just to uh, echo what he said be safe out there yeah I was going to say don't be rude (laughs) (laughs) I mean I thought about it but not I know your face was like oh I'm about to Tell somebody no, yeah. they're stupid. <laughs> I mean, no, 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 let's go. <laughs> no, uh, kind of like they're both chiming on. I hope you all stay safe. Uh, really understand the information and technology out there. 
understand that people and the vaccine is just there to help people and get us back to a certain sense of normality. Nothing will go back to normal after this. Oh, yeah, I feel new normal. Sorry, I uh, yeah. to interject. And again, yeah. like, I feel like we need to pick up the Korean and Japanese model. When you're sick, wear masks so that way you don't get other people sick. That's just a nice common courtesy we could start doing in this country going forward. But these are things that we'll all have to take in stride with the way information is taken in. I was going to say given out, but it's more taken in by people and shared without community, within the community. I do agree to what Folio was saying is bringing people of non-like-minded interests, interests into your purview so that way you can start to understand the rest of the world is always a great thing to do and also opens and expands your mind. So that would be something that would be helpful. But other than that, I really hope you all still stay safe. I hope you all enjoyed this episode and learned some interesting information. And like I always say, always remember to stay loud truck. <laughs> always remember to stay kind of geeky. And also, side note, there will be a new article from Christina coming soon. So take care and stay kind of geeky.